is up? X's and T podcast fans, Danny here. You guys, we promised you a part two and guess what you're getting? A part two. Because let me tell you, the story gets juicier and juicier. Like I've heard bits and pieces of this, but I'm telling you guys right along with you, I am learning and really intrigued. So again, anti-MLM content, you guys, hey, shout out. Um, But disclaimer, I am speaking, my guests are speaking personal experiences and our personal opinions based on our personal experiences. We're not here to defame anybody. Um, If we talk about Amway, they have a product that's great for them. I'm not here to defame Amway. Also, we're gonna be talking about Brit Worldwide. Hey, uh, also not here to defame Brit Worldwide. We are here sharing our personal experiences and stories. Names have been changed. Anything that's said or claimed is alleged. Like, just know that ahead of time. So with all of this, don't fucking sue me. All I gotta say, don't sue me. So with that, you guys, I have back with us today, Ariel and Ksenia, and we are so excited to have you guys back. Thank you for coming again. Of course. Yeah. Hey. You can't leave us on a cliffhanger like that. Like you're, you can't. <laughs> and oh my God, I'm so excited to, to just kind of get right into this because again, y'all are the rebellious cross line. Both of you guys had your times in, in BWW and eventually you guys came together. So I'm really excited because we talked in the previous episode about your guys's, you know, the beginning steps about how you were followed to your car, Ksenia, and you, you, Ariel, were signed up in a back alley. So all of that is pretty crazy. And that's just the beginning. So now I have to ask, what was your guys's honeymoon phase like? You're in the business, you're growing, you are thriving, you love this. What did that time look like for you guys? Yes. So for me, it actually lasted for about a year and a half. It was looking back, you would think it's a honeymoon phase, but I was the most depressed I've ever been. (laughs) So what happened was, is that, you know, I, my family doesn't talk to me anymore. So my whole life became revolved around those uplines. So if they would tell me jump, I ask how high, if they tell me to do 300 PV when I don't have any money, I'll figure it out. You know, if they want me to do 10 meeting greets, I will do it. So that was my life. And what I did, I was working in leasing at the time. And when you finish work at six, I would go to the malls every single day and meet up with my uplines. So we would all, you know, be walking around the mall, definitely getting my 10,000 steps a day, <laughs> uh, going to the mall, going to Target, going to Kroger, starting conversations. And the the standard was to have at least 10 conversations a day and to have one to two contacts a day and meeting grades on top of that. So we did all of that and I was very happy to do so. But the thing is, when I was in the honeymoon phase, I told you earlier that my my upline David was very flirtatious. So then I figured it out that he didn't even have a girlfriend because I mentioned his girlfriend because that's how he contacted me. I was like, oh, so when is your girlfriend coming? And he said, well, I actually don't have a girlfriend. So that was a, so did you lie? You know, so I kind of started putting things around. It's like, that makes no sense. So he was flirting with me like the whole time. So in my brain, I'm thinking, I like this guy. He likes me. It makes sense. So in a way, I thought we were dating for a second. And then I've noticed that there's a new girl coming around and she's going quote unquote through the process, if you will. Um, And he's flirting with her. And I got so offended. Um, And then I kind of cracked it. I I understood that's how he was. And funny enough, his first five legs were women. 
all of them were women. That's his tactic. And to be honest, looking back, I'm like, he's not that good looking at all. But the way he would like present himself was he was a light skinned guy. He would uh, play basketball. You know, he was six something foot, um, you know, and he had a lot of confidence around him. So that was his tactic. So that was my honeymoon phase. I was because I still kind of liked him, quote unquote, I would follow him around like a little puppy. It's kind of pathetic. And at one point, Michael told David and Nick, he told them, oh, Ksenia, she's going to be your first platinum. Don't mess it up. And they told me that. So that put a lot of pressure on me. I'm thinking they're counting on me. You know, I have to do whatever I have to do to be that first platinum. So I would work from eight to six. I work. And then I would be doing Amway things, quote unquote, from six to 11 every single day. So, and sometimes we'd go to Michael's house and hang out there until 2 a.m. Um, just to debriefing wow. and everything. And then wake so, up at six. And then you have to wake up at six or seven to go to work. So that was my life for a year and a half. But I had such cloud over my eyes or whatever you want to call it. Um that I didn't even see anything wrong with it because I just needed some kind of a community to be a part of. Because at that point in my life, I don't talk to my family and I don't go to church anymore. That's, I just needed something to be a part of, if that makes sense. So that was my honeymoon phase. Um, And at the same time, I actually, so there was one leader, he was about 2,500 um, he was very charismatic and he was flirting me with me the whole time. So by the time I let go of my upline thinking we're dating because I caught him to what he's doing, I actually started dating another cross line before I started dating Ariel. And um, the way it worked out is that he was so flirtatious with me. And then he started messaging me outside of the you know, in my own group chat, we, we use group me and you can create, you know, your own chat. So he messaged me and then we started dating, quote unquote. But then at the end of it, I found out that he dated probably five or six different women and three of them at the same time as me. And they're all in no the team. Way. All cross lines. All cross lines too. All, so. so did you guys have uh, cardinal rules that prevented yep. you guys yes. from oh, crosslining? Yes. He probably did a this this he guy probably did a training probably on did it, a to training. be honest. But you know what's funny? Yes, he did. He did several times and he was dating all these women in the team. Anyone who was remotely good looking in the team probably has been in his bed. Like it's that disgusting. But you know what's what? funny, Danny? You know what's really funny? So the whole situation about the cross line, those are the rules. That's what is getting preached on stage. But Michael was dating his cross line, Sam. Michael is a Q12 platinum. He was dating his cross line, Sam, and they eventually got engaged. Then Michael's brother, Nick, was dating this girl, Tanya. And they're all in the same family, too, so... So you'll hear Mike, Harry, and Nick. Those are three brothers that were running the organization in Atlanta. And two out of three are dating cross lines. And while everybody knows it in the team, the hypocrisy, and while they're preaching that on stage, they're dating their cross lines. 
and somehow it's okay for them to do it and not us. And they eventually got engaged and married, two of them, two out of three. The third one married his uh, downline. But imagine the hypocrisy and everybody knows it. And of course, when you see that and they're leaders. So in my mind, I was thinking I'm dating this guy. So if we're serious and become leaders, then I'm sure it's going to be okay. But me dating that leader kind of kept me in as long as it did, because I was so afraid that, yes, I did the wrong thing. And I quit. How bad would that look? And that was all before Ariel. And then I found out and then I found out that that guy was dating other women. And the caveat here too, Tanya, Nick's girlfriend at the time, knew that he was dating me and he was dating other women. She knew the whole time. And then I can give you more story about it later of how it all fell apart. But she knew. And she's part of the family who's running the show. So wow. it's a mess. But you're you're not wrong, though. There, it, So there is cross-lining that happens. And I remember. So... Uh, again, my 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 sponsorship is weird, right? So my my uplines, John and Barbara, were sponsored by their son. I don't have a name for him, but they also have a daughter who they had sponsored, but their daughter would end up marrying a crossline and dropping her business and going to this other organization who was still under the club owner, but she married this dude. And they always said, oh, well, if you're, they would, they would put it this way, which is such bullshit, but they'd be like, oh, just make sure you counsel upline. Like we all need to be in a meeting together. We all need to coach together to make sure we get permission to do this. And looking back, I think that's so fucking stupid because we are grown mm-hmm. ass adults and this is not a job. Yeah. How many times are we told we're independent business owners? This is us taking control of our lives, right? And then they say, oh, but don't crossline because crosslining has, has ruined whole organizations, which okay, whatever. That's not my problem. And for you to have to go out, like for, for me, just thinking about people having to go ask for permission to date somebody yeah. is, is pretty stupid. Like it's not and your boss. It's not your job. Exactly. And then think about it this way. What do you expect? You have hundred people in one room who have isolated their friends, isolated their family, are living basically in their uplines houses, like up their, their uplines asses the whole time. We're all together. We're all good looking. We're all young. What do you expect to happen? Yeah, that was a good point. Like that was a really that's good kind point. of silly. Like if you're isolating all these people and they're all depressed and exhausted and sleep deprivated, how do you expect them not to hook up? As sad as it is, like they have to have their needs met, some- needs met somehow. <laughs> you know, yeah. like well, then and you get attached also- to these people. Yeah, but you also have this in common. Like you're always taught, well, you want to be with somebody who's a business builder. And it's like, well, that person's already building the business. I know them to be successful and wanting to do this. Like, wouldn't it make sense? And then I've heard us, I've heard a theory. This is of course alleged, can't prove it, but <laughs> I've heard that they put people together because you guys yes. want to hear something crazy. So yes. my upline. My upline, this one dude who was in my upline was not my quote active growing upline, but he sponsored my upline, Craig and his wife, Jenny. I found out recently because I'm a nosy bitch. I like to find shit out. (laughs) I looked him up on Facebook. He's married to one of our cross line. And this guy was never around. This guy was never around. He came and he went and he came and he went. I looked him up and I was like, no shit. He's married to this girl who is still like still down line of the of the uh, club owner. In fact, I think that she's in their personal width. Like it is insane. And so 
again, there's me thinking, and again, people alleging that they'll put people together to keep people in the business, but Mm -hmm. also encourage marriage because that's more PV for them and you're more likely to stay. Right. Exactly. I was trying to be set up as well. Um, I can get into it later. Yeah. So I am originally from Latvia and there was this guy who my mom met, actually. (laughs) My mom used to work at the gym and she was a trainer and he was at that gym and she was like, oh, you're from Latvia. My adopted daughter is from Latvia. You guys should meet. So I meet with him for coffee because, you know, he just moved to the country. I'm being very empathetic. I understand it's very hard. So we become good friends, actually. And then I told him about the business, obviously, and he actually ended up getting started. And uh, what happened was he didn't speak English. So I would translate all of the audios for him, as well as all of the meetings I would translate for him. And um, my uplines told him that we should be together. And then they were hinting at that at me as well. And then at one point, that downline of mine told me that he would marry me one day. And (laughs) my uplines were like pushing that too. They're like, yeah, you should get together with him. You know, you guys have similar background. It makes sense. While, and we can go back to that side, while I told them already, by the time I told them I really like Ariel and I really want to be with him, they pushed the other guy on me like nobody's business. And it was a disaster. Like it was so awkward and yeah, it was terrible. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm speechless. And and again, this is like so like this isn't even a fraction of your guys' story. Um, Ariel, I want I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your honeymoon phase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was for I, I would say a couple of years. And I would say, you know, I did learn a lot from the system if you will I felt like I did um you know I was so motivated and excited and you know every time you get like different successes let's say you sponsor somebody you get hyped up right or they sponsor somebody or you you go to a certain pin level you keep getting that boost of serotonin and it keeps you going so I would say my honeymoon phase lasted about two years. And in those two years, I had a lot of self-image building to do. Um, I had a lot to grow. I was very just emotional. I was, I was very, I'm still emotional, but I was very emotional back in the day. I was still, I was very um, nervous all the time, high anxiety. Didn't think, you know, I, I, I really didn't like people. So I would uh, go to the malls just to grow and say hello to somebody and that would be an achievement for me um so it it took a while of that uh so my honeymoon phase really lasted two years and um i would say started to dwindle when i didn't get the results i wanted because you know i did everything i could it's just i wasn't there mentally i had people on my team that did get results and you know it became an ego battle um, unfortunately for me, cause I would get butt hurt cause now somebody else is getting all the praise and all the attention, but it was my team. Right. Um, so I still felt good, but I wanted that gave me the FOMO to also do more and to be that leader. Uh, horrible. That was horrible. And I, I hated that ego clash. And now that same guy, my best friend, um, and he's also out of the business and I hope they do a podcast as well. Shout out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I made it ultimately 
in the first three years, I think I made it to like 4,000 PV. Um, I had a team of 40 at one point. Uh, wow. I didn't really have more than three legs. I was really good at building depth because my uplands taught me. And that's what we preached. Um, and building depth is obviously instead of sponsoring personally, you're sponsoring for other people in your team and helping them learn. So I loved that role. I loved helping people. I, I, I am very giving, I would say, and I would give everything I got to those people. And in the beginning, um, just to kind of go back, my upline, he would say that he did a lot for me, and which he did. Uh, I'll admit, in the beginning, I didn't have a car, so he'd pick me up, right? In the beginning, I was broke, so he'd buy me like a little bit of food, like a little pancake at IHOP or something if we're out with the team because I didn't have that money. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not hungry. Right. So, he, yeah, he did some stuff for me, but that made me feel like there was a price tag that I had to kiss his ass even more because I felt like I had to owe them. But yeah. here they are, you know, uh, giving me so much of their time. That's only for indoctrination purposes. Uh, and they'll use the positive, um, their positive self, their positive frame of mind that they learned from books to, you know, make sure that I felt good about myself. And I would say, actually, which is Josh's story, uh, in the first three months that I was in business, I didn't contribute much in the house because I was gone all the time. And my mom and my sister hated that I was in Amway. And one time, we were living at my sister's house at this point, my mom and I. And um, my sister and I got into a yelling match. And she was screaming her head off at me because I, I was doing it. And when I was spending money going to functions that I didn't have, I actually had to ask my sister for the function money because I didn't have money at that point. And she did. And then I spent all my money on products and all my money here and on my time there. And they're like, you need to quit. You need to get Amway. You need to get rid of Amway and you know focus on whatever you got to focus on. And I, I literally, I said, no, uh, you know, and I burst into tears and uh, my sister like kicked me out for the night. Well, she kicked me out. She said, get the fuck out of my house. I'm like, okay. So I sat at a 24 hour Starbucks that we had over here. I sat uh, at that couch and then at uh, like 3 a.m. I realized, all right, I'm just going back home. Fuck it. I, I'm not going to be homeless over the shit. And then my sister said ultimately that, um, you know, she's uh proud of who I become. I become more positive, become become more polished and whatever. And that really did help me stay longer because uh, you know, I got that thumbs up from my mom and my sister. Um so ultimately my yeah. my my uh honeymoon phase lasted a couple of years, I would say. And I started I like I said um in the previous episode, I felt like the whole time there was something wrong about what I was doing. But I felt like the devil was trying to give me stinking thinking. And <laughs> I said, what they say. No. Yeah. So I said, no. And I kept they going. They do. Yeah. 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 They really do preach that fucking message. It's so, it's so crazy. Like, and they do like, oh, it's just the devil trying to stop you because they don't want you to be successful. And it's like, maybe, maybe my intuition is right here, but you're, you're so like, they teach you don't think for yourself. We are here to think for you borrow our brains like we are the ones who are going to teach you how to quote be successful which exactly. then it kind of starts to lead you to not want to trust yourself too right. and uh it's it's hard so no i i really feel you on that one and um even though 
there is that like, this doesn't feel right. I hate this. Like, it's not natural to want to go out and prospect someone if you're not a fucking narcissist. Like, if you're not a shit person, you have something in you that makes it challenging because deep down, and I always felt this too, I would have such a hard time pitching this to people, even though I deep down believed, or at least I thought I believed, I was like, no, this is the greatest thing. They need this. I'm here to save them or whatever, which is BS because they don't need saving, but it still was hard for me. And they always tried to make it sound like, oh, well, you just need to get better at talking to people. And I'm like, right. I love talking to people. I'm a fucking extrovert. I talk to everybody. I make some, I, I make people who are introverts uncomfortable because I'll, you know, I'll still start yeah. conversations and talk to everybody, but I totally see where you're coming from. And then again, you know, even though you had this argument, but then you're still getting that validation of like, no, we do see a change in you from who you were. And I think those positive changes are okay to have. Cause I mean, I still have uh, a couple of things that I took away from them that are a little bit more positive. Um, so when did things, when did red flags start to come up? What were some things that you guys kind of started to see and you're like, oh, okay. Like this is, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. For me, it started on about six months in and I was already dating that ex of mine, but obviously I felt so pressured to stay because not only I'm with him, but then they said that I'm going to be their first platinum. So I have so much pressure on me. Um, but what happened was I sponsored this girl. She she wasn't really financially well. You know, she was fresh out of school. She was doing DoorDash. Um, you know, she's between jobs. And she doesn't have money, honestly, to spend. And uh, she went to a function with us. And when she came back, she, she actually got a job, like an office receptionist job, something in that manner. And she was driving to work. And because she was so tired, she crashed her car. She crashed on the way to work because of sleep deprivation through, yeah, with function. And um, she messaged us saying, hey, I need to quit. This is not good for me. I just crashed my car. I don't have anything left. Um, I spent all of my money on on the products and the function. And I texted Mike. I said, hey, so she she crashed her car. She doesn't have any money. She wants to quit. Can we send her her money back? Because Amway has a six months guarantee that if you decide to not to do this, you can get your money back. And my upline said, absolutely not. My stomach, literally, my heart literally fell to my stomach. And yeah. I am thinking, wow, we just screwed up this girl's life. Not only she doesn't have a car anymore. She can't even get back $185. They can literally, if you play it right, you can feed yourself with that for a month, you know, with the red budgeting and, you know, and that just broke me. And then at certain points, um, the control has become so heavy. For example, my uplines were really closely watching me because I'm very charismatic person or back then I was even more so than I am now. And I would talk to everybody and my upline would come by and be like, what'd you guys talk about? Or um, he would ask to look at my phone sometimes if I'm texting, like, hey, who are you texting? Because they probably had suspicions about me dating my ex. But then at one point, there's another girl in my team because I was I was recruiting students to be very transparent with you um, because that's where I was in my life. And there's another girl who had $70 in her bank account. And she just told me and David, my upline, she was counseling with us saying that she doesn't have money to pay rent this month. You know, she needs to come up with $750 and she has like 75 bucks or something like that. 
and my upline convinced her to buy products and that's where everything started falling like it didn't make sense and then obviously another red flag is that all of my uplines are dating cross lines pretty much so Michael and Nick are both openly dating cross lines and the fact that I'm being shamed for it on stage because I wasn't I was I wasn't very open about my first relationship I was very secretive and I am like feeling like a piece of crap for doing the wrong thing but they are doing it so I saw a lot of hypocrisy there um as well as that leader that I was dating quote unquote he wasn't a leader he just was 2500 like seriously not a big deal to be honest but then I saw how he was treating me too. For example, he would ignore me when we were quote unquote girlfriend and boyfriend and flirt with everybody. So that environment was so bad for me. And the only time I would see him is for a booty call pretty much, you know, and yeah. then the moment I wanted to either quit or break up with him, he would just love bomb me and get me back. And I was a very vulnerable mm-hmm. place. So I would just always go back. So seeing all of that, as well as me being literally emotionally abused in my relationship, that just start things just starting add up. And then at one point, I had a meeting great. And um, I went on Reddit to see like put on like this is a 21st century book. <laughs> and I saw the Reddit stuff. And I was still like very heavily in. And I got so scared. I felt like such a bad person for even researching any of that. But there's really? a lot of different control. Another thing that was a huge red flag, they're so invested in your life. So For example, if they text you, you are required to respond within 30 minutes. If you're not, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yes. 30 minutes is what you have to respond, even though you have like an actual fucking life. Yep. You have to respond. But then the hypocrisy there is that when you text them, it might take them three days to get back to you because they're so quote unquote busy. Right. If they ever get back to you. Yeah. And then another thing, my upline, Nick. He was the lazy piece of crap. He was so lazy. Um, he didn't do anything but, um, you know, bought products. And he would tell me what to do. I remember I, him and I got into it. He was like, you have to do this. You have to go out and talk to people. I'm like, well, how many contacts did you bring in this month, Mr. Nick? How many, you know, how many meeting groups did you have? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Don't you ever de-edify your upline? I'm like, well, there's so much hypocrisy in what you're saying. You're you're yelling at me for not doing, I don't know, 10 meeting groups this month. And you haven't done it even one. So that was a big red flag. Yeah, there's so much. And at one point, the same upline next. So with me, I have a little bit of a complicated personal story. And that's for another time. Um, but I've had a lot of walls up. You know, I wasn't very, I'm very charismatic and open to talk to people. But when it comes to building actual relationships, it does take me a moment because I don't let everybody in. And they would tell me I have too much of an RBF. I am too mean. And then I would switch up and be completely opposite. And then it'd be like, no, Kasemi, you're too friendly. You need to pipe it down. I was so confused. And then at one point, my upline Nick sat me down and he said, Ksenia, you have to tell me your full life story with all of the details. And I've experienced a lot of trauma, Danny. So you have to give me yeah. the full story and so that you can start growing. And my dumbass, not knowing any different, opened up about my abuse in childhood, opened up about the trauma I went through, opened up about everything, crying, like snots, yeah. like snot and tears. You're like ugly crying in a coffee shop. Yeah. Opening my heart out to him. 
And then, oh my gosh, it makes me so angry. So I told him all of this stuff. And then he's like, well, you need a therapist. And then I, I couldn't afford one, first of all. And second of all, of course. he told my story to my, the other upline, Mike, who's a Q12 platinum. And Danny, one time, Mike told me, he's like, Ksenia, you're an adult now. It's time to get over it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. At one point, he said that to me. And then I was crushed. I'm like, first of all, mister, you have never experienced anything that I have. You have no childhood trauma. You brought up very privileged. The only reason you have a job is because you work for your dad. Like, you would never be able to hold a regular job. You have no place to say that to me. And he said that many times to me. And another thing that they would do, they would control how I dress because, you know, I'm a little bit more of a curvy woman and they would always pull me aside like this is inappropriate. And when you look at me, when I dressed back then, I was actually very appropriately dressed. I can't help that I have big chest, you know, or, and there would be like, you're so distracting. You're not like, you shouldn't be wearing this. And then at one point I had to send pictures of my outfits pretty much every day to my upline sam who was a cross line originally to mike and they got engaged and she became my upline i would have to send her my outfits you know wow so there was so much control crazy and at one point i told them that i drink wine on sundays to unwind and they labeled me as an alcoholic so i was the party girl who dresses inappropriately who's flirtatious with her cross line and she's an alcoholic but she's gonna go platinum she's gonna be the first platinum and they pushed me like they were only very nice to me when they needed something when it comes to the PB because they knew I was going to get it done, you know? Yeah. So every yeah. time anything else, they would be disgustingly rude and very controlling. So that's how I started seeing that. And there's so many things that I have so many regrets. For example, I missed my uncle's funeral because I had to go to a function. My uncle was battling stage four cancer, throat cancer. And he died. And thank God I've traveled to Dallas to see him before that happened. And after I left on Sunday, he passed away on Tuesday. And then his funeral was scheduled when the function was at. And I didn't go. I thought about it the whole time. And I got praised for it on stage. So that's one of the biggest regrets I'll ever have is not going there and not saying goodbye. Because I think about it very, like, a lot. And him and I were very, very close. Like, the amount of control that they had became eventually crumble into my mind and you know and then COVID hit so that's where it all kind of started wow and and I think what people should understand is we didn't know any of this stuff about our offline like we were not allowed to ask like they would tell us to live in a glass house but Mm -hmm. they were not living in a glass house with us we weren't allowed to know their life story but they needed to know every single aspect of ours and for them to be so invasive with you to push you to talk about trauma like when you talk about trauma it's hard enough that's like you could re-traumatize somebody by asking them to go in depth and then re-traumatize them again by telling them you're an adult you have to get up like excuse me that is the most just horrendous thing that I have heard. And I am so sorry that you experienced that. I, I, you are totally valid in all of your anger that you have for these people, because that small situation to me is huge. 
And yeah. it speaks volumes to the type of people that these people are. So no, and, and yeah. thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's, you know, it was very brave of you to be able to even just say what you did. And, and I'm grateful. And I, I, I know that other people are also going to be super grateful because that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's so much. And, and you know, what's interesting. Another wow. part is that you probably want to put a trigger warning on this one because I've trigger battled warning. so much. Yes. Uh, so much depression that I've communicated that I wanted to end my life many times with them. And yeah, Sam, she's so stupid, dude. She's a stupid person. Like she told me because I told my uplines that I'm struggling with depression and I'm, I'm really, because not only I'm an abusive relationship, not only I'm sleep deprived, I'm in the cold. So add all, all of this up. And my grandma, grandma passed away. Like, at that time, I told my upline that I wanted to finish everything. And the upline, Sam, told me when we were one-on-one, she's like, yeah, I, f- I heard that you get a little sad in your brain sometimes. Yeah, just get those thoughts out of your head. Can you believe this, Pam? No, like, that's fucking like, stupid. You're right, stupid. She's stupid. Very she's stupid. like, I'm literally, I've never met the stupider person in my entire life. Like, so dumb. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let okay. me get this out of my brain. Yeah. How about you suggest yeah. me quit the cold and like heal? No. Yeah. They're gonna still milk me for money and for PV because I was bringing it up. At one point, I I had seven hundred PV personal because my plan was trying to go platinum, and they just yeah milked the crap out of me. Like took everything I've had and more because I'm in debt. So yeah, picture of what kind of people we're dealing with. You're not wrong. They, they really do that. Like your getting your money is what they focus on. It makes me sad because the thing that could have been said, like you said, was, Hey, get out of here. Like you need to like, this is causing you a lot of stress. You like how you're feeling is like one valid. It's okay to feel like depressed, but to say you feel sad sometimes. Okay. You're right. So fucking stupid, but not just that. I hope she hears this so much. Cause it's like, it's like, you're not a professional. You could hurt somebody by doing that. Like send them to a professional. If anything, she could have given you the 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 hotline. Hey, I think you should call this hotline. I hope they have resources that are available for you. I'm here yeah. to listen. But if anything, like go get some professional help. But that's not what happened. And, yeah. and that's so fucking true. I mean, my upline pushed me back into my DB relationship. I don't like that's if insane. I was expressing to them what was going on. Again, they should have said, okay, here's the DV hotline. We are not experts in this. I cannot speak to you about this at all. Like, I don't want to give you the wrong information. Please go go call this hotline and, and maybe find mm-hmm. some help. No, they didn't do that. And and no. what they did to you is wrong. Like 1,025% fucking wrong. Like, I'm angry for you. And I see now why for you spreading your story and spreading the message is so important. And I'm sure that's not even all of it. Like, again, No, there's even more. They've done even so much more. And that's towards the end. And it's insane. They're just terrible, terrible people. And I hope bad things happen in their organization. I cannot wait till that like house of cards falls apart and they just forced to work whatever jobs they choose to work and just swallow their ego and learn that lesson because it's really sad. Wow. So um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Ariel, what about you? What were some things that you started to notice that you're like, okay, this is, this is not okay with me. I'll be very transparent. Everything that I saw that was um, either a red flag or maybe negative, I chose to brush it off. 
um, I dealt with it internally and just it, it ate me alive, you know, um, over time, yeah. but I brushed it off. Uh, and I didn't really think about the red flag until after I left the organization in the end of 2020, December 2020. Um, so, I mean, I mean, first of all, I used to go contacting, but what I would do is after work, I would sit in my car in the parking lot for like a couple hours, maybe, I don't know, just listening to an audio or decompressing or whatever, because I was so scared to talk to people. But I thought it was my own self-image uh, that I needed to grow, which it was. But I chose to not think about that. I had people on my team that were broker than I uh, or as broke as me, and they were doing whatever it took. I, would, I was greedy in that way as well. And I thought we were helping them. We thought we were sacrificing the now for a better future. And I was doing the same thing. So I was in that pool of muddled, um, what's the word, toxic positivity, that, that muddled, you know, aspirations of going diamond. I would be, I would go to the functions and cry my eyes out because I'm so emotional and I'm going to be on that stage. Um, however, that Monday when I get home, my motivation gone because I'm like, fuck, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta now talk to people, but I'm excited. And, you know, you get your first few rejections that demotivates you, but you learn to overcome it. Right. So I, I literally, I'm now looking at the red flags. I'm like, yeah, that's actually fucked up. That's actually what, are, that's the definition of a cult. We're looking at cult documentaries on streaming platforms and fucking, I'm like, wow, that's exactly what M, what BWW was. That is insane. Yeah. We're, I'm, I'm learning about freaking, I don't know, that crazy coal was in the Manson coal, all these crazy. Scientology. Yeah. All these, all these coals. I'm like, dude, they're so similar. Uh, yeah. So now I'm looking at the red flags and I'm like, yeah, okay, that was fucked up. And the reason I got out uh, is because Ksenia got out a year before me, but I was still in it. Um, it was throughout COVID. And the Ksenia started learning more about cults and Amway and the deep, dark secrets that it has. And, uh, you know, she educated me, but I still said, okay, that's that information, but I'm going to still keep going. And then my uplines, um, how they handled us wanting to get together, they were like destroyed. Mm -hmm. They were so, oh my God, this is the worst thing that we could have ever done to them is mm -hmm. lie. I'm like, dude, if we didn't lie, then uh, you would have made our life hell. And we eventually yeah. did. Before we got together, we said, hey, look, we like each other. And they're like, all right, you got to go platinum before you can, you got to earn it. You got to earn their relationship. We were both separately, before we got together, separately cried to our uplines because my my relationship with my ex was super abusive. And after two years, I, we got out of it. Um but I knew I've always liked Ariel. I always had something about him that I just absolutely adored. Like Ariel would be the first guy to get there and set up the chairs and serve everyone. Like he would be that kind of guy who would give his last shirt to a stranger. And I've seen the heart that he had and I've always had a thing for him, but I knew that it wasn't the time and he was, you know, he just went 4,000 and that was such a big deal, you know, and, but after my ex and I broke up, 
I I was crying my eyes out to my upline saying how much I really want to get to know him, like Ariel, because I've been looking at him for a couple of years now. I've always had him in my background, if you will. <laughs> but I was so afraid to mess it up because Ariel was so devoted to Amway. So devoted. Yeah. And oh I was life. scared to like rock the boat. I was like, no, I'm not going to even make a move or whatever. But I've always liked yeah. him. I've always had a thing for him. And we begged for so long. At least a solid year before him and I started dating, every one-on-one we had with our appliance was like, hey, so what can we do? How can we start getting together? And then him and I, Ariel and I would see each other at the qualifiers and then we'd like sneak a conversation in. We actually, one time we hugged at the function and we felt so bad. <laughs> it's like sneaking just to give a hug to each other and like, you yeah. know, look at each other. We just both were like super into our super into each other and then at our uplines wedding actually so michael and sam got married in their cross lines and ariel and i both were invited to the wedding and ariel actually was one of the groomsmen and ariel and i danced the night away together like we were inseparable and that's where it became a big problem all the uplines are talking about it like we're so scandalous but that's when we're like, this is it. We're going to get together. And five months after that wedding, we started dating. Yeah. And to kind of wow. continue to answer your question, um, I did remember red flags. And when I started to like be weirded out, I'm like, because the whole organization, they were 19 to 23, 18 oh, yeah. to 24. And I'm looking around, I'm like, why are kids leading kids? These guys don't know anything. I don't know anything. And I, you expect me to mentor this person who's like five years older than me. They have way more money than me. Now I'm going to coach them and teach them. Okay, let me do it. At least I can teach them the business because yeah. I know how to show a plan really well. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, let me just grow my self-image more uh, so that I can lead people, right? And and my, uh, my uplines were like three years older than me. Not that much more older. And we're expected as kids to like lead grown ass adults and lead other kids where we don't know what yeah. the fuck we're doing. We don't know who we are. You don't develop really who you are till you're 25. They said, uh, they say That's like, such a, a good point, you know, like your brain fully developed at 25 and I'm 19, you know, talking to this 45 year old. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when, I was like, this is a little weird, but I'm going to push through. You know why? Because mm, they're going to see. I'm going to go diamond. Yeah. The sub world. Oh, you know? yeah. So Definitely. That's, that's a little bit of a reference. So go on. That's so, yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because, yeah, God, it's so obnoxious how true that is. Like, I, the dynamic that we had in our upline was, you're right. Like, I mean, everyone in my upline was older than me, but I recruit, like recruited, I mean, I'm going to use the right word here. I recruited somebody who was significantly older than me. And this woman had so much just wisdom. And I wish I would have listened to her, not her <laughs> listen to me. And right. my upline was taking fucking counsel from their son because their son <laughs> is supposedly taking counsel from the Syrian guy in this, in our organization. Anybody who was in worldwide knows exactly who the fuck I'm talking about because he's downline from the fucking club owner. 
And they're supposed to say, oh, well, and then all of it supposedly comes from the crown guy, right? The big guy at the top of this organization. That's Mm -hmm. really where all of it's coming from. And it's like, why the fuck is that okay? Like, I don't, I didn't want to take advice from somebody who was younger than me. They don't know what the fuck, like, sure. Do I think that there are people who are younger than me who have wisdom in areas that I don't know? 1000%. Yeah. But it, as far as life as a whole, like I, I don't feel like I should be counseling a 60 year old woman. There's no way this woman mm-hmm. had lived three lifetimes before me. And she was just amazing. Like, no, you know, it's like it, it, I see. Where, yeah, no, yeah. totally good yeah. point. That makes we, me really like, yeah, yeah, we, we do budget meetings with fucking engineers. And I'm like, oh, I work at Panera Bread, <laughs> you know, and we're doing a budget meeting with like a guy who has a six bedroom house. With a couple with three kids and we're telling, and then we're telling, Hey, couple with three kids, sacrifice yourself now because your kids are not going to remember uh, these days. They're going to remember, you yeah. know, the yacht trips later on uh, in the yep. house they live in. And looking, I, I've always aspired to be a father and I'm excited to be a father one day. And I've always aspired to be a husband. And I, that that's going to, that was going to be the greatest joy of my life. And it is. And, um, but we're telling like, we're count, like we, I'm a single guy counseling, uh, a couple, you know, cause I read the magic of thinking big or I read freaking, I don't know, whatever fucking book. Um, and I'm trying to tell them all my wisdom, uh, you know, yeah. it's like they've been together for 10 years. They have three kids, two mortgages, uh, <laughs> cars are paid off. And I, I have. Less than a hundred dollars on my bank account. Let me tell you how to do a budget. budget. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think all of that is such a good point. It really is. And yeah, so I kind of want to, I kind of want to go into some of the things that you guys have have mentioned that you guys want to talk about. There have been some pretty crazy things that, you know, have happened to you guys in this organization. So I'm just going to give you both this time to, to kind of go into some of those things that you feel like, Hey, this is something I need to share the the amount of control that they have over your life it's like and the amount of indoctrination that they actually encourage for example some of the things they were encouraging us is to fall asleep to an audio so i would fall asleep to an audio uh, i would wake up and I, I recorded a self-talk i would wake up tired and exhausted angry at about everything i would wake up and play my self-talk and like i'm a diamond i'm a diamond like the amount of weird things we've done as well as for example since we have daily quota if you don't get your contact they encouraged us to sleep on the floor did that, that happen to you as well oh my god yep they would praise the shit out of people like kate's would come down and they'd be like yeah such and such couple they got rid of their mattress and they're not getting it back until they yes. go x pin level <laughs> Are you fought, or, or somebody slept in their car even until they mm-hmm. got a contact and then they could go inside like it's it was insane. that fucking then- dramatic some of the things that they were encouraging us is that if you don't have your contact and it's 2 a.m., go to a quick trip, drop your message, yep. go, to, go to gas stations, go to Walmart at 2 a.m. So, and contact the, the lowest like yeah. associate over the, there or somebody who's tired like, associate or a like homeless guy. Yeah, like, whatever. Do whatever you yep. have to do to drop your message and get the contact as well as think about how dangerous that is. If someone like as young as I was a, a woman walking around at 2am looking for a contact, like how disgustingly terrible that is, you know, yep. 
as well as, I don't know, like we would stay at their house until 2, 3 a.m. talking about the same thing over and over again, where people are literally, their eyes are like glossing over. It's the amount of control that they have over your life. It's, it's insane. They're going to know who you've slept with, how many times they're going to know what you eat for breakfast, for lunch, where your money is allocated to. And then one time, actually, Danny, my car broke down on the highway, fully broke down. And my brother is a car salesman. So I needed a car ASAP. Obviously, I'm going to work, you know, I'm doing my meetings, I need a car ASAP. And my my butt had the nerve of get a car for my brother, who's a car salesman with a discount without counseling them. And I called my upline, Mike, it's like, hey, I bought a car because my car literally broke down, it doesn't move. And I traded it in to get a new car. He's like, why didn't you counsel with me? Why didn't you counsel me to get a new car? How about, hey, yeah. are you okay? Was it dangerous? Were you fine? Like, yeah. are you fine? Like, you like literally could have died on the highway. It's like, no, how dare you? You didn't ask us. As well as when it comes to dating, you know, since my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend and I at the time were so terrible, like as a couple, I would always go on dates with other guys too. Like, and I didn't know that he was cheating on me or whatever, but we would take so many breaks between our relationships. So I would go out and date people and the amount of scolding I've gotten for going out on a date and my upline Henry actually he suggested he's like if I was a woman I would go and bumble and make all of my dates meet and greets he said that he said yeah so you create this kind of like Mormon (laughs) mentality or like like Amway bachelorette situation and all of the dates I went to guess what I'm gonna talk about my mentors I'm gonna talk about what a great life that they have and that I'm learning so much from them and then at one point um the same Sam, Sam, that stupid upline that I had, like, I'm literally thinking there's something wrong. Um, she actually, um, one time, because I was dating that guy, another guy who was, became my up, downline eventually. And um, I told him, like, once we started dating, by the way, before that, I asked my upline not to sponsor him because I dated him in the past. Then I decided to put him in the process and we broke up right before we started he was trying to get with me so much during him being an Amway. And I said, listen, I don't want to do anything until I'm a platinum. So that's my way of like brushing him off. Obviously I'm dating already. Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to, but Hey, whenever you're a platinum, you can come talk to me and we can do that. So he actually goes to Mike and Sam cries his eyes out of how much he loves me which he was he was a terrible boyfriend like while we were dating I gave him a watch for his birthday and he threw it back at me like and he was very like I was just in one bad relationship after another I don't know I guess because I was hurt you know was just seeking any validation I would date anybody who would date me I guess so um but I was begging my uplines not to sponsor him and they sponsored him anyways so he comes back Christ to the uplines, to Mike and Sam, that he loves me. And that he said, Ksenia told me that when I'm a platinum, we can be together. Then they go to me and Sam tells me, oh, wow, you're like so open to everybody. Since we're here in the hotel, if a guy comes up to you and asks you to go up to his room, are you going to go? She literally said that I'm to sorry, me. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> so not only- What business is it of hers, even if you did? <laughs> like, like, why shame somebody? Who fucking cares? 
it's your life it's insane so think about it danny i am a Core alcoholic. <laughs> 19 year old. 19 year old. By then I'm like already 21, 22. But rebellious. Yeah. And I buy a car without their permission. And I'm, de- I'm very sad in my head. Like what a what a case that they what? had to deal with. Poor uplines. Like yeah. it's insane. Like, but hey, I'm the first one to go to when you need an EPV. Yeah. Like, wow, this is fantastic. Is absurd. Well, I mean, universe forbid you're able to just be fucking 19 through 21. Who the mm-hmm. fuck wasn't like that at 19 to 21 unless exactly. they were in a religious cult, like, or or yeah. in a religious family or whatever, like whatever, or if they didn't want to, you know, but like, it's still your choice. Like they really just, and they really only shame women. I mean, yeah. I didn't see very many men getting shamed for dating. Nope. And the fact, too, that they told you to use your dating as prospecting. Actually, Cassie and I talked about this in our episode a couple episodes ago, was to be careful out there, people, if you're dating, be careful because these people are very obviously using these apps to find ways to find, like, prospect people as well. Yeah. I am not surprised. And it's mm-hmm. insane the things and the lengths that they will go to. And when you guys were in, because um, I, I kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about this because Brit Worldwide was like we talked about behind Worldwide and eventually you guys developed the process. Yeah. Do you ever feel like once the process was developed, everything kind of changed? Like, did it get worse when you guys started the process? It definitely did. And just to give you a backstory, it's obviously alleged. I have to say it for legal reasons, but I know the person who did that. So so some of your diamonds came out with the process audios all about the process how to do it where to do it and we would listen them to them like 24 7 but bww didn't have any access to those audios so my ex actually allegedly broke into the worldwide dream builder system and stole all of your audios including the the club owners audios including the loud guys audios who who's um who's son of the other diamonds we they literally stole audios from you guys and distributed across our organization we were salivating (laughs) we were Ben. Oh my god, we're like, oh my god, this is golden. <laughs> really? Lord. So when yeah. when you guys were in, what was your guys's um, I guess, interpretation of worldwide? Like, and and you guys even told me that I didn't know this. I don't know that many people in worldwide know this, but our diamonds were coming to speak at your functions, weren't they? And and what was your yeah. guys's like interpretation of worldwide? How were how was worldwide being like expressed to you guys? We thought you guys were awesome. I mean, our team specifically, we're like, man, worldwide. Because uh, I, I, I used to listen to all the old audios too. Of, of uh, I don't know if I can say the name. You cannot. The, the crown of uh, worldwide. The one oh, the crown. Okay, got it. Got it. Cut crown. it or cut it off. Like, so I, I would listen that to that fucking him. big crown guy. Fuck yeah. him. Big Sorry. crown guy. And then, the one um, with the beard. And... Oh, yeah. And then uh, the brother crowns. And yeah. um, I loved them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, beard's down to here and they were crying on their living exactly. room floor because I found the best thing. You guys yeah. know the story too. Yes, yeah, so oh, of course we, we know. We, know. we, loved, that we guy. loved everybody in Worldwide. We thought you guys were geniuses. You guys were like yeah. oh. ultimate and we were trying to catch up. Did you know that one of the brothers went back bankrupt? He filed for bankruptcy. When like three years no ago, No right? way. Yeah, the, the older oh. brother. Yeah. No way. I just yeah, talked about docu- online a few months ago. There's documents about it online. And I remember when I was trying to get Eddie out of Amway, I was like, how come this crown is, you know, there's legal documents online of him declaring bankruptcy? 
How is that okay? So our interpretation of World Wide was great. In our organization, now the upline diamonds didn't agree. There was a lot of backlash. There was a lot of diamonds within a BWW where they were anti-process because they didn't want to fix what wasn't broken because the plan worked for so many years, right? And they're experts at showing the plan. Uh, so it took a long time for all the BWWs to essentially get into the process. Now, I'm sure there's some LOAs that still do the plan because it still works for them because they're old hearts and they didn't want to change. That, by a lot of, there was a, there was a diamond organization in New York that spoke to Pacific, uh, you know, uh, directly. So if anybody's not aware, they are referring to Dawn and Mary, um, and they're the couple who started the process. If you guys are familiar with our good friend, Hope, uh, she was downline of um, Nolan and Rianne, who were downline of Dawn and Mary. Dawn and Mary are the big worldwide crowns out of Canada, just for context. So That organization in New York and BWW, they said, well, we're doing it anyways. We're going to start the process. We had access to those audios, so we're like, we're going to start the process too, no matter what our double diamond or diamond says, because we're trendsetters. And we're young and we're going to do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we loved it worldwide, uh, essentially. I mean, to answer that question. And that's how kind of we started the process um, very sneakily. That's interesting because we we knew nothing about Brit Worldwide. The only thing right. we knew about Brit Worldwide was that the the creator of Worldwide like was downline from Brit Worldwide. That's all we know mm -hmm. about BWW. So for you guys to learn about Worldwide is really interesting. And then again, for for our diamonds to go speak on your line of sponsorship as well is really strange. I don't think any of us knew that the crown guy was speaking at your functions or that any of our diamonds were speaking at your functions or that mm -hmm. even, you know, anything like that. That's wild to me. But I mean, I guess in a sense, we're all connected. Like right. we're all technically part of the same big giant organization organization somehow some way and that's right. that's bizarre and you guys had talked about some changes that have been made recently to uh, Brit worldwide you guys want to go into that sure uh so throughout covid and this is another red flag that happened and i'll go into that throughout covid the function tickets were what 250 dollars no to for functions 125 125 cool so the function cost to go in person was 125 dollars and when we went into covid we weren't we did everything virtually obviously but it was still 125 dollars to go to a virtual conference and you're not allowed to combine the tickets you're not allowed to buy one ticket and then invite your team over to watch it everybody had to buy an individual ticket what? Yeah. yes yeah 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 oh so my God. uh it was, it was a red flag right there and I, and I was an idiot and i didn't really pay no mind i'm all right it is what it is you know Gotta do it. Anyways, um, so throughout the pandemic, there has been changes to where, and I don't know very specifically, but I still have people in my team or that used to be in my team still in Amway, still a part of that organization. And I still talk to them. I mean, I there's this one guy that uh, I'm still good friends with. Um, so they have changed their organization to where BW, there's diamonds within BWW that broke away from BWW. And now they have created their own organization and education system. And I believe that there's someone world 
there's some worldwide groups affiliated with this new organization as well. And it's called Spartans LLC. So BWW has now branched off. And I believe the people who branched off are the ones who wanted to go through, do the process. Um, and then whoever stayed in BWW, I feel like they were anti-process and they were stuck to their own ways and they wanted to continue to do the things that they wanted to do. But obviously that caused friction and that caused the organization to like split. And I remember when that were, announcement got made and we were told that it was for the best for the pot the most positive it, it allows more people to step up it allows more people to get shine and more stage time because now the rubies can speak on in conferences and you know hosts whatever um yeah. so it, it allowed okay i'm a four thousand pv it's gonna allow you to now be able to be an influencer too and uh get you know perks and whatever but no that was and a- the last yeah. thing that i've heard is that the reason for it they said it was going to be cost effective so all of your right. tools are going to be cheaper so instead of charging us 200 dollars for the whole audio thing and you know sending messages to each other all of the books like your standing order books and your audios are going to be in one and it's going to be versus 200 dollars going to be 130 but then I, I remember I had to explain it to Ariel because he was, you know, praising it so much when he was in it. I said, well, you have to understand they share it with less people. You know, they used to share $200 yeah. with so many different diamonds, but now 130 goes to like two people. So you're still getting wow. ripped off. You're not yeah. ga- gaining any extra value for your buck. No, they're still getting money off of you. It's just they probably more than they did before. It's because they have to share it with less people. Yeah. Wow. So actually, that brings up a good point. So have you guys from your upline, like anybody in upline, because I know, uh, Ksenia, you talked about how you heard this from your from your dad, but at any point, were you guys given any sort of indication from your upline uh, that the um, Platinums and above were allegedly getting paid off of these tools? Not on my side. Um, I've never heard of that. But what happened was every Tuesday when we have our board plans, they would set up tool tables and they would like push us to buy books. So I would spend roughly $200 a week, even more on process tools, like business of the 21st century, the go-giver, all of the books, because you know, you eventually lose them because people are not going to get back to you once they start researching everything. So, but they do promote that. And then I remember being in my last function um, we at BWW, they have tool rooms, huge tool room. It's literally a big room, the size of the whole Coliseum actually filled with tools. And I remember when I was buying them, they asked me for my IBO number and that clicked in my mind thinking, why do they need my IBO number? If I'm just buying this to, you know, develop myself, et cetera. Then I realized yeah. that, that commission is going to go to my Q12. And our and our Q12 speaker, when for example, Amway representatives would come come on stage, you know, nobody wants to hear about that. Nobody cares about the Amway representatives on stage. They're like, that's a perfect time for you to get tools. And our Q12 partner would send out a huge message, guys, go to the tool room, make sure you have all the books you need. That's your num that's your opportunity. And I would drop like three hundred dollars like easily at that one night, as well as all of the other downlines. Our whole team was so brainwashed and controlled that pretty much everybody spent at least between fifty to four hundred dollars on those tools. Every function, Danny, every single function, our Q12 Platinum would get so much commission from that event 
because oh it was gosh. so pushed and so promoted. And then as I am, for example, would spend $300 on tools, I would take a picture of all of my tools and put it in our group chat and group me for the whole team's like, hey, guys, just got all these tools. Who's who's coming next? What are you going to get? Like, got to feed the process, etc. It was so promoted. It was disgusting, but eventually it clicked given that I had to give my IBO number. I was so confused and it just, I I just, I felt like my heart went to my stomach again. I said it twice already, but I'm like, oh my God, I figured it out. It was disgusting. Yeah, and for me, I um, I literally believed that it was for our personal well-being, our personal growth. And I didn't really think too much about it. And I, I, I would probably say I didn't care if my uplines got commissioned because I'll get there eventually. And I didn't realize how wrong it is. Uh, but I remember pushing my team as well. I would be like, come on, guys. Yeah, let's go. Oh my God, look at this. Look at that CD. This is X, Y, and Z from Worldwide. Oh my God, they, they got a new audio. Let's get it. And I'd be the hype up sign up guy. Yeah. And uh, I was annoying. I'm sure. Yeah, you were. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I was a little, I was a little bitch boy back in the day. I'm not going to lie. I was whipped. I was embot. Okay. We've all been there. Like, I, I worship my upline like they were fucking royalty too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So it's yeah. like, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I really do. It, and it sounds really rough to maybe people who haven't been there, but I've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. I have. So. Yeah. I was really indoctrinated, but I I, w- I did remember hearing because I, I was a privy to leadership meeting, quote unquote, because of my pin, my team size, or whatever. And um, I remember at a at a at a training session, I remember vaguely somebody saying, "Yeah, you know, I, as you grow in the business, you get paid from the tools," and that just excited me. I was like, "Oh wow, really? That's cool. I didn't think." To dig more, so someone find out how. Told you that. Yeah, in a leadership meeting. Um, wow. But it, it was portrayed as a positive thing, obviously, and I believed it. I, I sure did. But okay. I didn't think I didn't think too much of it because I I'm like you know what these tools are saving my life, right? So Definitely. I'm like whatever. But I do remember there's yeah. one thing. I uh, Michael the Q12 Platinum. I remember he was on the stage telling what a great Amway system is and how much they take care of him and i remember he pulled out a check for twenty eight hundred dollars from amway waving it around what a great thing he did and i remember watching it's like huh wait a minute twenty eight hundred that's all you have a hundred people in your team you make twenty eight hundred dollars from your pv wow. check and i remember that's a good thinking, point that makes no sense. So because they, they would slip sometimes like that. You know what I mean? And $2,800, it's a lot of money. But then it's not it's not retirement worth money. You know, it's not a, like you can literally do DoorDash and make that much money. Ariel, when he was between yeah. jobs, he was like, because we set up a budget when he was in between jobs during COVID. I was like, okay, I need you to make $100 a day, you know, so that through DoorDash. And he did it. Like he did it. And he did it within like six hours doing DoorDash or Lyft, whatever he decided to do that day. But oh, yeah. It's not that huge amount of money. I know I'm sure for some people it is, but it's not worth recruiting 100 people for and sacrificing your life for 
there's so many different avenues that you can actually make your money and not spend a dime on products. So I was flabbergasted. I remember being, no, this doesn't add up. Something is wrong. But can you believe that? It's insane. Yeah, that's like a paycheck for, for a lot of people. Like that's yeah. their that's their take home paycheck, maybe after taxes, or maybe that's their hourly before taxes. Like that's a that's a regular job income, at least like maybe a high, it's like some sort of job that somebody has. Like yeah. it's definitely like you said, it's not retirement money. It's not like if that's what they told me I could make monthly by getting into Amway, absolutely not. My job pays me that much. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll stay at my job. I don't I'm not out here. Trying, you know, sales is hard enough. Like I was in sales mm -hmm. for a long time and cold calling and having to do all of those things is uncomfortable. I don't do it anymore, but I did it, you know, and uh, it's it's really just I'd rather do sales than do Amway. I'll be honest. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's insane. I mean, you guys have had a lot happen to you. And you guys were both in for how long were both of you guys in for? I was in for about seven years from 2016 to 2014. You mean? Yes, sorry. To 2014 to like the beginning of 2021 so about seven years and for me it was four years wow and we lost yeah. we lost like a hundred thousand oh, dollars uh combined in those years we calculated it all the functions all yeah. the audios all the products and we went to debt and we're like uh we spent a hundred thousand dollars that we didn't have um so it's crazy in yeah. seven years and that uh, and that doesn't and that yeah I mean again thank you so much for for that transparency because it's a lot and and again I know if you haven't been there you guys this is not this is not uncommon it's really not and like Cassia said nobody's above a cult nobody mm -hmm. is above getting prospected they just haven't hit your pain point yet like all yeah. it takes is for them to say the right thing to you and boom, you're in. If you say I, I, I that would never be me. Bullshit. Yes, it would be if the person said the right thing to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you guys felt was like super important that you guys wanted to make sure got shared? Um, I mean, I did a Google search about what are the characteristics of a cult right before this meeting, actually, and I thought it was hilarious. And I'm gonna read some of the things that I read from my Google search. Uh, so the first thing that I saw was a cult is a specific factors in a cult behavior are said to include manipulative and authoritarian mind control over members, communal and totalistic organization, system, systematic programs of indoctrination and perpetu perpetuation, I can't read today, and perpetuation in low, lower and middle class communities. Cults often isolate yeah. their members from friends and family on the outside, punish doubts or questions, and require inordinate sacrifices and money from followers. Perfect representation, perfect definition of what we experience in our Amway tenure. I'm so glad so. you read those off because that's so true. Those are very, it's so valid. Uh, um, another thing is Stephen Hassan's bite model. I always mm -hmm. reference this in every episode, yes. man. It goes over all of the different types of brainwashing that they do. And worldwide, Brit Worldwide, all of these organizations, they embody all of these things, emotional control. Mm -hmm. Like they promote, so one of them is promote feelings of guilt or unworthiness, such as identity yeah. guilt. You are not living up to your potential. Your family mm -hmm. is deficient. Your past is suspect. Your affiliations are unwise. That is a big one like yep. they make you question who you're around and not like that's just emotional control thought control yeah. is a big one as well yeah that the they're um making you listen to all their audios 24 7 like you have to be did you guys have what they called core like where you have to read an yep. audio per day yes. or like 
that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Chorus yep. to keep you brainwashed every single day. Yep. And then information control. Like I'm sure the process really kind of showed you guys how you're supposed to, at least how it was in the beginning when the process first started, you kind of keep information from your prospect. You don't immediately show them on the napkin plane what the hell they're doing. Exactly. You keep that information from them until they're quote ready to receive that information in the process. <laughs> it is fucking deceptive, you guys. Yep. This shit is crazy but my yeah. my little cousin um he started amway and we found out about a year ago and i'm like bro and i'm not gonna tell him what the fuck to do but i'm like hey dude go ahead and try it try amway if you want to but you're gonna look after these red flags so i listed all the red flags that he needs to be aware of and he if he's not comfortable and if he sees this shit you got your answer so Try Amway if you want to. If you're listening to this and going through a process, go ahead, try it. But don't get manipulated to the shit that you don't want to do. And all of these promises they're giving you, they're false promises, you know, and they're not living that lifestyle either. And it's going to take them might our uh, Qto Platinums. I mean, they've been in the business for 20 years, 20 years. They're in their 30s right now. Late mm. 30s now, actually. Late 30s probably. One other thing I wanted to mention, actually, is that how much control has increased during COVID. Um, so one of the things, obviously, everything is virtual now. And um, what they would do, they would randomly request you to join their Zoom to see where you were. Yes. So because there's so much speculation already about me and Ariel, and we can go into that later of how we got caught, quote unquote, but they would call you randomly to see where you were and what are you doing. And then they had daily calls with all of us and we would prospect all together online on LinkedIn and Instagram. And then another thing that they would say is that when everybody got their COVID check, what was it called? The uh, what is it called? Stimulus checks. Oh, the stimulus. Yeah. Yes. They're like, this is a perfect opportunity to hit your pins, pin levels and like use that money to monetize on, you know, to get your platinums and all of that into qualification. They're like, this is a perfect time. So think about it. We're in the middle of a global fucking pandemic. People are already struggling. People are losing jobs. People are dying, literally. And what you're telling us yeah is that we have to hop on the call with you anytime you request our attendance. We have to be on the call with you every single day to prospect. And we need to spend the rest of our money in the stimulus check that's supposed to literally feed your family um, on products. So, wow. <laughs> yes. And after I got out, I remember Ariel was saying how they're kind of shunning him for doing a bad thing. Um, and we can get into that later, how it all went down. But I, t I told Ariel, I was like, why don't you don't do your PV on the first and see what happens? And guess what? After, good, yeah. after ignoring him for several months because he did a bad thing, they took him off the speaking schedule because he had to, quote unquote, focus on his personal relationship. They took him off the speaking schedule. They yelled at him when he went on a trip with me for my birthday to the beach for three days. Instead of spending time with me, Ariel was texting them back and forth and they're like scolding him for going. At one point, they called him on his birthday and yell at him like, how dare you? How dare you do this to us and not be with us right now? When he was with me and my family, Ariel came out of the room like he took a call and the room came out like his eyes are like watery. And that was his fucking birthday. I was just going to say thank you, Ksenia, for filling out the blanks because I'll, I'll be honest, I forgot a lot of It's like a yeah. trauma brain, you know, forget like... on purpose just to clear your mind. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, no they it's would... true. It 
was awful. And with the COVID hit, it became even worse. And the amount of control that they had, the amount of scolding that they would do because you didn't do what they want you to do. It was insane. Yeah. And then you said yeah. uh, you said you wanted to uh, go into our, you said you wanted to, us to go into our relationship or is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Please okay. do. You know, like, how did you guys get caught? And, and what are those juicy details? Like anything you guys want yes. to talk about, this floor is yours. So we, throughout COVID, I lived with my mom. Well, I, I lived with my mom or she lived with me. We lived in an apartment together in Duluth, Georgia. When we got together, we realized we lived two minutes away from each other the whole time. So we were only two wow. minutes away. So we were like, whoa. And then I would see her on the highway every morning on 85. <laughs> uh, I would see her going to work. And I'm blasting Bill Britt in my 2004 Kia Optima. And um, going to work. And then there's... So many times on the highway, we would see each other, we would beep and go crazy. And, uh, you know, we were in love or, we, you know, we were infatuated with each other. And I even when I first saw her, I said, and damn, there's something about her. And I felt like a tug, like a big tug when I first met her seven, you know, six years prior to us getting together. Um, but I said, you know what, I got to focus on myself. And I got to focus on my career and my money and blah, blah, blah. So I stayed single the whole time I was in Amway because uh, I wanted to grow on myself. And I'm glad I did, to be honest. Well, you went on one date and then you showed the <laughs> girl a plan. Yeah. So instead of having a date with the girl, he decided to show her a napkin. <laughs> that was yeah. his one attempt at dating <laughs> that he did. Failed miserably. Failed miserably. But hey, you know, I, I had a mission. But anyways, <laughs> um, I, I, I always like really liked her. And then one time at a pace meeting on Friday night, uh, we did the pace meetings at my house my little probably 600 square foot apartment so i would set up like 20 chairs that i had to borrow from my downline um because they had 20 chairs metal chairs and i remember her laugh <laughs> uh she was two behind two rows. rows behind me and she had the most obnoxious laugh i've ever yeah. heard back in the and day not anymore it was <laughs> it was literally like that and then i heard it i'm like oh hell no I can't do that for the rest of my life uh that was like the first six months she was in the business um and then people started making fun of me for that laugh and then I got rid of it and now Ariel kind of misses it because that was yeah I do miss it bring it back <laughs> uh it was really cute actually thinking about it but um anyways we got together after the mayor the marriage or the the wedding the wedding of our we were in. after after that that's when we talked to our uplines and they said no and they scolded her because for dancing with me did they scold you for dancing with me a little bit but, but not for as much me oh my goodness nick what do we call him nick uh, nick, yeah. nick he wasn't in my upline so he didn't do whatever he did to you yeah he um, was furious with me oh my goodness the amount of scolding and the amount of tears I shed over the wedding, the amount of shame that I had. Oh, my goodness. I thought that that was the end. Like, I yeah. can't do this anymore. And then I remember New Year's because that was when? October? That was November. They got, November. Oh, they got married in September, actually. September, September. Yeah. Uh, I remember New Year's, New Year's after months of thinking about Ksenia. I never messaged her. I never like, now would like. You never crossed a boundary. I never crossed a boundary. But I wrote a note on New Year's. I'm like, you know what? I got to. I'm going to write a note and how I feel and I got to give it to her. And I kept it in my pocket for like three months and I never gave it to her. Uh, I was so scared. I was so scared so to he... cross that boundary or to, you know, break the rules and get shunned and be yeah. shunned away from my community. And 
my brother, my mentor that I love so much and held as such so such a regard. I didn't want him to be disappointed on me. Meanwhile, they, obviously they're all with their call signs, and we all know that by this point. But um, we started hanging out every day together. Uh, there there was this one time uh, we were we both saw each other at a coffee shop, and it was closing. It was like ten thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. We chatted in the parking lot until 6 a.m. the next day in the parking lot and we saw the sun go up and we had to go straight to work and we were like dude we were talking in this parking lot for like 10 hours just think about so many conversations we could have had over the years because at that point we already knew each other for three years and we always kind of liked each other and there's so many things we want to tell to each other so we spent eight hours at that parking lot just talking and just fell in love. It was amazing. And we still didn't cross the boundary that first time. That first time. We didn't even hug or touch or anything. And then we we're so scared. That whole next week, I went to that coffee shop every night wishing because I still didn't get her number or a domestic or anything else. But I was like, maybe I'll catch her tonight. And um, I went every single day to that coffee shop and she didn't come for a week. <laughs> for a whole week, I didn't work. There was this one night where I'm like, I was driving from like a long day. I'm like, should I go? I don't want to go. She's not going to be there. I was just going home because I'm tired. So I made the turn to go home because the coffee shop was down the street. So I made the, a right turn. I said, fuck it. I'm going. So I, I skirt. I went to the coffee shop and I'm like, I would just read a book or something. And then 10 minutes later, she walked in. Yeah, after and a week. Hey, it was meant yeah. to be. It was yeah. meant to be, but, but what has happened was so our team back up at my job, we would celebrate quarterly wins. So at the end of every quarter, we would go out and party. And um that was the end of the quarter. Um, and then um what was I thinking? It was the end of the quarter, and then I remember posting a story on my Instagram, and that's oh, yeah. when Ariel just started snooping on my stories, and I made my Instagram public so he can look at it so i posted a story and i was thinking okay if he's looking at that story i'm gonna go to that coffee shop because i wasn't there for a week when he was going there every day so he saw my story and i drove straight over there and i was driving around the parking lot trying to find his car and i couldn't find his car but i was like ah whatever i need some work to do i had my laptop with me i'm just gonna park and go in and then I come in and here he is sitting there waiting for me. And we sat down and I was like, well, actually, I came here to see you. And he was like, well, I'm here for the same reason. And then that's basically how we started dating. Yeah. And then from the story is adorable. Thanks. Yeah, we're so adorbs. They're so um, in love, which we are. We're really anyways, cool. um, so after that, I mean, I think we spent every day together. Every day. Um, yeah. We broke up for a week because I felt so bad and I didn't want to continue lying to my upline. I said, Sandy, I don't think we can do this anymore. But you know what? One day I'm going to marry you. And then, and then you I, ran away. No, no, we didn't break up for a week. Uh, no. It's for a day. So, so yeah, that was another story. But that day I, I said, I we have to stop. It was like a month in, right? Yeah. We have to stop. You know, I feel so bad. We're doing such a bad thing. And the next day I said, fuck it, I can't do this. All right, we're going to continue this. And we're, we're going to whatever, lie about it if we have to so every day we spent together um and then covid hit i didn't want to be a part of my away from my girlfriend because it was such a scary time in the world so i i just came over and never left (laughs) and i just slept and i was still paying rent at the other apartment that i had but you know i didn't want to leave because any sides you know like fuck it my mom's not here snooping around so we can do whatever fuck we gotta do you know what i'm saying uh yeah yeah so uh how we got caught was i we we would do meetings just in the other room but i had a team meeting with my team and he's so loud I'm so passionate, to yeah. give you a contract they is deaf in one ear so he doesn't hear 
half of his tone and he's very passionate so he's talking to his team to motivate them them, and he's so freaking loud and at the same time i'm having a meeting greet with one of my best friends and my upline david and i see david's face kind of change in the meeting greet i was like "Uh oh something is up and then after my meeting greet wrapped up after his meeting wrapped up we're just chilling the upline is calling mike is calling ariel and he's like where are you right now i'm like, oh, you know, like your mom you know, i just had, had a team at? meeting yeah, he's like, where are you? And then he's like, turn your camera around. And there I was. So he's like, oh, can you hop on this meeting real quick? The wife is going to send you a link. And I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? So I'm like in her in the room uh, on the bed, you know, like, hey, but facing the window. How you doing? Good. Hey, where are you right now? They're all concerned. They're all looking at me. And I'm like, oh, you know, this and that. Are you at Kenny's house? I'm like, all right, yeah. And that's how we got cut because I'm a passionate motherfucker. <laughs> no thing. That's uh, and then there's more crazy. shit that happened afterwards. You go ahead and... Yeah. give a you know a brief synopsis of what happened so what happened was so just go just to go a little bit back before covid because we're already dating so remember i told you about this girl oh her name is tanya we're calling her tanya tanya is engaged now to nick but tanya she's a little sneaky little girl that she is she knew about my ex-boyfriend and his other girlfriends she knew about me she knew about three other girls and i see her at the mall Because I told her that I was dating that guy, you know, and then I saw her at the mall. I didn't tell her about me and Ariel because she was already my upline. But she told me, she's like, oh, yeah, your ex is dating this girl. And I remember, you know, like women's intuition, you just know when something is up. Oh, definitely. I remember hating this one girl so much that was a cross line of mine. I just and I had no reasons for it. I really didn't have any reasons, but I just hated her. I couldn't stand her. And then come to find out, my ex is dating her at the same time with me and the other girls that I don't, I'm not, wasn't very close to at the time. But that one cross line, we're in the same, we're in David's organization. So I just couldn't stand her. And she was like, well, you know, they're together now. They've been together for three years. And he actually dated this, this, and this girl at the same time as he was dating you. And I was like, I saw red. I like got so angry. I got so angry. And the fact is, after we got caught, there's some things in our relationship that has happened. We had a really hard first year. And there's my ex was trying to get involved with me at the same time and all of that. So um, let me go back. So that that cross line of mine who is my upline now she knew the entire time she told me about that story after we got caught they call us into like an ethical court kind of situation they want us to tell our separate stories and uh ariel met with them separately and they told him some things about me just to make him want to like leave you completely leave me and obviously before that i went through a very hard time i did things that i'm not proud of so they told him every dirty laundry about me he comes home tells me what he found out and obviously we're crying it's all of that then i am going to that ethical court it's just like scientology they're grilling me about the relationship i had previously with my ex And then my relationship now that I had with Ariel. And then I told them like, yeah, actually, I went crazy after I found out that my ex was dating this girl, this girl, and this girl. And Sam asking me, where did you find that out? And I said, I I found it from Tanya, her now sister-in-law. And Tanya looks them straight in the eye and said, no, I never said that. She literally lied 
about me in front of me to them. I'm angry for you right now. Like so, all of this, because you guys were dating, like all of this, yes. despite the fact that they were doing this and they somehow, some way think it's necessary to shame you mm-hmm. for all this. Cause they shamed you. Cause then it sounds like more than him. Which oh, is they really did. Sad, I'm so sorry. It is. They yeah, did. Yeah. They did. They scolded me. I'm the whore of the group. I'm, I'm, I'm ruining organizations. Mind you, a, they're all cross lines. B my upline, David, openly flirted with me and all of his other legs that he had who were all women and I am somehow somehow the whore who ruined your whole organization and what really pissed me off is that they were saying you did this to us you completely destroyed us and I'm thinking what did we do to you exactly we lied we're adults and that's it but we still did our volume we still attended all of the meetings. We still were growing our organizations and we did we did you wrong. How ex- exactly? What again? And then you lied about me in front of me. Like, how is that yeah. okay? So that all happened. And they told me like, yeah, maybe you should take a break for your mental health and just get better. And I agreed. And then I just never came back. And Ariel stayed for another year mm-hmm. and they were just all over him about our relationship that he needs to leave because I did some things I wasn't proud of in the beginning of our relationship and they were just you know telling him you have to leave her she's a whore she will never love you she just thinks about herself you know and the thing is they scolded the other cross lines as well who are dating because I completely outed them. I outed all of them. I was like, if I'm going down, everybody's going down. I don't care. <laughs> I was like, this person's dating, this person's dating, everybody's dating. So yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I completely wow. unleashed the bomb on them. So the other two got scolded as well. Um, but the thing is, then Michael was saying to so after some time obviously we got engaged a they never showed up to ariel's birthday that i invited them to that i put up a surprise birthday party and b ariel invited them to our engagement they never showed up in three ariel was so up his ass i'm sorry that was back then he was so up his ass he invited my mike to be our best man in our wedding and guess what that upline said mind you after seven years of quote-unquote friendship and you were so betrayed that we're dating because you loved him so much he told us oh wait your wedding is during a function we no, 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 no. that's it yeah i this was like maybe a year prior to the wedding he said oh typically functions are around that time so i can't promise i don't know and i already have so many other weddings because my brother's getting wedding this guy's getting wedding that guy's getting wedding and I'm also a part of their wedding party. So I can't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, okay. But mind you, I didn't have any friends. After I left the organization, yeah. I had zero friends. My my wife now, my girlfriend at the time was my only friend at that point. Yeah. I had zero friends because starting the business, you're going to lose all your friends. And I'm yeah. glad that I, I there was a, a few best friends that I had before the business that I didn't talk to them for the whole seven years because they were not a part of the business. I'm luckily not able to re- reconnect. We were able to reconnect now and i apologize and all this shit and now we're better than ever we're all great but yeah. uh i had no friends zero friends all my friends were my team all my friends were my friends. yeah so i'm like yeah. oh. they take then, your whole life absolutely mm-hmm. so after that year i asked him he said no after a few months he's like you know what all right that's fine i'll do it you know what i'll be your best man and i'm like okay. and then i remember i coming home and telling me this i was like are you kidding me are you yeah, fucking kidding me 
you're gonna let this guy stand by us while we get married when he put me through all of that and I remember so after we actually got legally married before our wedding dates you know because we want to save some money on taxes and that actually helped quite a bit so before we got married they came over to our place trying to seek reconciliation with us because obviously they want us in their in their team because we we started to do well financially at our jobs we were settling in we live in a very good area in Atlanta so they're like we need to have them back on our team they came over I am like this nice hostess give them a cheese board and wine and we're just hanging out and I told them I confronted them about everything I told them everything that I'm telling you now like this hurt this hurt this was so inappropriate you crossed the line here the fact that you said I need to I can pick up a guy at a hotel room if your guy wants me in a hotel I'll go with him I told her everything and then I said okay I will give my blessing for Ariel to go back only if Tanya apologizes to me for lying the only way I will be semi-okay with him going back to the team because I wasn't coming back, period. But Ariel just still clinged on to that previous friendship that they had and maybe the version of it that he created in his mind, he he missed his friends, you know? And um, yeah, that never happened. They still believe that she never said that. They still believe that what they did was right. The fact that I oh. had, quote unquote, ethical court, just like in Scientology, I had five people in that room talking down on me and yelling at me for dating yeah. two guys in the organizations and for the mistakes that I've made, like slut shaming me, calling me an alcoholic, saying I'm mentally ill saying that I'm sad, quote unquote, like five people against one. And I did not feel protected at all. I was, I was in a very vulnerable place. We already have COVID, you know, hitting us. And then I'm dealing with this crap. And you're coming back to my place when I'm treating you really well as a guest. And then you just wouldn't admit to this one thing. I was like, you're done. You're done to us. Nick was saying that, oh, how dare she trying to, you know, tear apart our family. And spreading lies about my fiance. But the fiance probably still is lying about it. The fiance is still lying about it. And the thing is about that fiance, Tanya, she was hanging out with all of the cross lines. She had everybody's numbers. She was trying to be friends with everyone. And That's then to insane. cover phase, she was, she was, you know, lying. Yeah, I remember actually yeah. going to their college where they went. And I, I didn't really hang out with them, but I went to that specific college to contact and I saw them both together. I'm like, oh, this was years ago. But I'm like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, how you doing? Good. And I'm weirded out that they're crossing and they're together. Uh, but now here they are giving us a whole healthy go core when they were together the whole time behind yeah. everybody's back. Right. So. Wow. Fuck off. Wow. <laughs> this is so much. Like, I am so grateful that you guys have had the willingness to come on here and share such an, an intense story. And I'm, I'm grateful for your time. 1000% grateful. Um, Aww, I have to ask, what's, to life, be here. what's life like after the business? Like, how are you guys now? And, and how have you guys thrived better now than what they promised you? Uh, we're doing so much better mentally. We're, we've definitely healed. Our marriage is stronger than ever. You know, we had a couple of issues that I haven't mentioned in this podcast, which I don't think are relevant right now that we have to work through um every relationship right yeah but our relationship took a big turn um after they found out we're dating and there's a lot of secrets that were unveiled if you will we had to work through that but we are stronger than ever our careers are so much better than we were because for for a while not to put you on the spot but Mm -hmm. Ariel could not keep a job Mm -hmm. because he was so focused on the Amway business 
at one point he got fired for falling asleep on his desk on his first day at work no <laughs> no first month first month That's like exciting. he couldn't keep a job and now he has a very good career i have a really good career we're thriving we're paying off our debt we we actually met with a financial advisor and the amount of information we've learned about to save for retirement and all of that Nothing. is so yeah. much more than we ever learned in amway and they you know what's another thing really quickly what they say you know in the process, they usually say, what do you know about MLMs? Have you been in network marketing? It's like a hype up sign up kind of thing. And we are focused on mentorship and leadership and build, teaching yeah. you how to build assets, like passive income. But it's the same thing. You're still going to hype up, sign up, and then they're going to just have control over your life. And the fact is, it's not passive income. It's so wrong to say that. Like the friend that who's yeah. still in, and he's probably going to listen to this. So Hi. I'm going to post What's it on up? my Instagram so he's going to see it. He's uh, following me on Instagram. So he keeps telling us that it's passive income. But what it is, you're building a house of cards. The moment that somebody yeah. stops doing your volume, your revenue, quote unquote, is done. You're done. Yeah. There's no way. Like you have to keep rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. And those up, those uplines, Michael and Sam, they've been the Q12 forever. They keep losing their yeah. sixth leg. They just keep losing it. You know what I mean? And there's another yeah. couple. They're Harry and Patricia. You know, they're I think they're emeralds now. I'm not sure. But she quit her pharmaceutical job to be a full, full-time Amway distributor, if you will. But they're not moving anyways. They've been in the business for 20 years too. And the amount of work that they do, and they sell you quote-unquote freedom, it's literally the most the most different thing than freedom, like the most opposite thing oh, than yeah. freedom. You're out every single day meeting strangers, acting like a predator at Target, trying to talk to strangers. That is so similar to trafficking. That is, it's just so disgustingly terrible to me. And the fact that they're just always asking people, how much money do you have in your bank account? This is how much I have. I have this, this, and that. People that are actually successful will never say that to you. Nope. No, not because at all. they have no, they have no intentions. Like I have a pretty successful family and two of my uncles have done really, really well in life. And they never, they, they live really well, but they never come up to somebody's like, Oh, check my house out. Look at my car. Yeah. Normal people don't do that. You know? So now we're doing so much better. We're happy. You know, we're still figuring yeah. out the debt situation and we're working with the financial advisor on it to get out that hole. But yeah, I mean, was it worth it to meet each other and be together? Because we genuinely do believe we're meant, meant to be together. Yeah. yeah. Do I do I regret staying in longer? Absolutely. Do I have I made many mistakes? Yes. But I mean, one good thing about it is that I met my husband through that and being as rebellious as I am, like we had to stay together There's, and we will stay together, you know, and just to prove them that all of your teachings is bullshit. And you say there's yeah. no, there's no divorce in the organization, but that's a huge lie. You guys are all yeah. in miserable relationships. Like you're building a house of cards and I just don't want to have anything to do with it. Word. Yeah. Unless it's anti mlm <laughs> I'll build another pyramid scheme. I'm gonna recruit anti yeah. people into my little Emma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're kidding. It's true. No, it's it's so it's so good to hear that that you guys are doing so well afterwards. Because yeah, I mean, you. we do hear the stories of people who they split. 
after they leave or they or one will stay in and they have like it, it, it's just there's so much that happens so to hear that that you guys have such a good relationship even after leaving i'm really excited for you guys to have that and um sticking together through it you guys went through some shit you guys went through a lot of bullshit. And I think the fact that you guys can connect on that is really cool. But hey, I, I thank you guys so much for coming on here, for sharing your story, for being willing to hang out with me for so long. Of course. And, um, yeah. So again, I'm going to ask you guys, how can we help support this message? How can we help you guys continue to spread your message? Yes, definitely. I would say share this podcast when you hear it. <laughs> if it added value to you. Sure. If, yeah. if it added value, share it. The best way to support us is just, just keep spreading the message. If you have somebody in your family who is involved in MLM, please educate them. Take the time. And I don't say, I wouldn't say just go really aggressively to them with facts, but ask them questions that will stimulate their mind. Like, well, well, how does this really work? How is this really a passive income? What kind of mentorship? What kind of value are they really adding to you? Because we were taught back in the day to always glorify our upline and edify our upline. In that case, they didn't do anything for us. They just stole from us. They're thieves. They're thieves. They're manipulators. And they're like destroying lives, you know, um, and they don't give a single crap about you. So my my suggestion and the way you can support us is through supporting the anti-MLM community and spreading the message. Hit the nail on the head. Definitely. You guys are so passionate. I'm so grateful. <laughs> um, if you guys are out there and you guys want to share your story please message me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. Um, follow me on every platform, YouTube, TikTok, at xsnt.podcast. And here's the thing. If you want to share a story, it doesn't have to be anti-MLM. It can be, absolutely. But my biggest goal is to spread awareness, deviant awareness, toxic relationship, and red flags, just any sort of awareness, because I think that there's a lot of topics that are not being discussed. And my goal is to be able to help give people a voice. And I think especially this, this anti-MLM topic is so important. So stay safe out there, guys. If somebody comes up to you and wants to ask you to go to coffee because they have an opportunity for you um run the opposite direction like quite literally just be like hey you gotta go and like run like get away <laughs> but um <laughs> thanks again you guys i really appreciate it and we will catch everybody on the next episode thank you bye guys thank you